Welcome back to PR After Hours. I'm your host, Alex Greenwood, bringing you your weekly cocktail of PR and marketing tips that will help you and your business. Stick around. We'll get started right after these messages. This is Holly Jackson, host of Inspiration Contagion podcast. You're in the virtual lounge with Alex Greenwood of PR After Hours. You know, I have been remiss in getting probably, and this is not something I'm saying just because she's right here listening at the other end of a Zoom, but I've been remiss at getting one of the top most respected people in their field who happens to be in my, you know, Rolodex for want of a better term. I have not gotten her on the show yet because one, she's extraordinarily busy. And two, I've just been remiss. So I'm going to make up for that today because today here in the virtual lounge, we're going to welcome the freelance rock star herself, Julie Cortez. She is a award-winning advertising and marketing copywriter. She's run her own freelance business for more than 20 years. She's best known as the founder of the Freelance Exchange of KC. She's created her own much needed college level course, Freelancing 101, and teaches as an adjunct professor at the world-renowned Kansas City Art Institute. She's recognized with awards dozens of times over for her work. I've lost, I've lost count. I just see it and go, oh, it's Cortez an award. How nice. Leadership, volunteerism, and community involvement. She's a freelance rock star, as I said. She's regularly sought out for media interviews, public speaking, and professional coaching for freelancers, as well as those who hire them, even more importantly. Cortez is loving life, living out her passion, and helping others succeed, and she's rocking the virtual lounge. Julie Cortez, welcome to PR After Hours. Thank you so much for having me. What a blast this is. I've missed seeing you. We used to get what was that we used to do cocktails or something every now and then in person you know a little happy hour thing all right i'm I'm telling you once i get the the shots in the arms thing going and and you do too i'm I'm gonna be asking you to meet we'll meet in the middle we live we were talking offline about we both live like uh, i don't know 100 miles apart technically she's on one end of the kansas city metro and i'm way on the other and anyway but it's so great to have you here and i know you're busy being a rock star and doing your thing so i'll jump right in here julie um i've just I think that there's a couple of top things I want to talk to you about first. And the first thing is, uh, for me, is I I love to get rid of misconceptions, okay, when I talk to people. And I think you and I have had this discussion over drinks at least twice, where the word freelance or freelancer, there's, there's some baggage tied to it that maybe isn't one fair or two true. Fair, fair enough? Fair enough. What do you think? Yeah, totally. So I feel like this stems from like an age old stereotype, if you were, well, you know, many, many years ago, freelancers were viewed as, you know, just those who couldn't find a job or those who are in between jobs or those weren't good enough to find a job. And it's, you know, today things are totally different. Today, so many of us like want to be doing this as our careers. We choose to be doing this as our careers. And, uh, you know, it's time to get rid of the stereotype because I have so many friends in the industry who are freelancers, but they refuse to call themselves that. And I'm like, okay, but if we all bond together, we can elevate the image, you know, of the term freelancer, freelancer, you know, then I think we're all going to be better off. And to be fair, 
20 years ago or so when I first heard that it had a negative stereotype, um, you know, I kind of made it my personal mission to rectify that because I noticed that there was this huge void out there for freelancers, a void in um, education, in community, and even respect. And so, you know, I think the more that we can bond together, the more that we can educate one another and make sure that we are becoming savvy businessmen and women, I, I think we're all just going to be better off in the long run, quite honestly. I have such renewed um, respect and understanding for it, knowing you and being on both sides of it. I mean, I started my business 11 years ago and solopreneur, whatever, but I, but I've always positioned myself as an agency. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would, I would flex up with, uh, with other contractors to get, and then for a few years, I actually hired folks for a few years and then realized that was madness for me. Couldn't, it just was not a good fit for me because I spent all day making sure that everybody else got paid, but me and everybody else could go to home at five o'clock, but me. So I, that, that just didn't work for me. And so I kind of flexed back down to a consulting level gig, but ultimately I am a freelancer now. I, uh, I am. What, what is the what is the basis of the word freelancer? A freelance. You are a gun for hire. You are. You're. You're not on staff. You are there to bring in what's needed at a certain time. So I. Uh, I had always been reticent to say freelancer, but I. I think you've done a really effective job, particularly in our neck of the woods, of making it not only. Okay, acceptable is the wrong word. Making it more mainstream, but making it more respected. You've done such a great job with that. So thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. It's, uh, you know, it's been such a a journey getting here. You know, I, I still run my freelance writing business, but, you know, I'm also you know, an advisor to the board for the freelance exchange. I've been doing that for 18 years. I, I now teach freelancing at the Art Institute. I'm coaching freelancing, you know, freelancers. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where, the term, it is what it is. There's 101 different terms that you could label yourself, right? You could be a creative mercenary. You know, that's one of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) Right? A solopreneur. Um, And even the freelance exchange, we we have this like tagline, if you will, it says freelancer, contractor, consultant, whatever you call it, this is for you. In other words, don't let semantics get in the way. You know, there's so much, so many benefits to be had here. You might as well take advantage of it. You know, and here I am, Mr. Uh, old Man, calling myself a consultant, but consultants has a bad connotation to a lot of people because a lot of people hear consultant and they think, oh, that's somebody who shows up at your office, has a bunch of boring meetings, and then overcharges you. I mean, that, that's an old thing that, you, well, maybe that's not the case anymore, but that used to be the case a lot of the time, particularly with the more high-level consulting agencies, things like that, you know, like Deloitte or McKinsey, they come in and they're very expensive, very, you know, Harvard degree type people. So it's, I think, I think you're right. Semantics are very important. Of course, you and I both as writers, we both respect the power of words. And we respect also the ability to reclaim a word like freelancer or freelance from um, the, from negative territory. And I think you have. Julie, I'd like to ask you, and you, you did allude to this already. I mean, you're a copywriter. You, you've been doing this for 20 plus years, um, but you've also, and I want to talk more about freelancing in a moment, but I want to talk about you for a second here, but you've also expanded to a brand. You know, you're the freelance rock star. You are, you are very in demand to speak. You're in very demand. TV, uh, radio, your other podcasts, which shall be nameless. And i just kidding. I'm, you go to her website, by the way. She's got a great little page where you can go click on everything and we'll have a link in the show notes. But what have you done uh, to position yourself? Was this something that snuck up on you? Were you just like, I'm going to create freelance exchange and I'm going to help other people and help myself get more work and I'm still be a copywriter. When did it change where you became a brand though? 
Um, that's an excellent question. You know, I, I started out freelancing and I never really had a name to my business, right? I always just did things under Julie Cortez or Julie Cortez copywriter, you know, real creative, I know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for real. And I looked around, at, you know, in the freelance exchange and I'm like, wow, nine out of 10 people here like have company names. Very few people go by just their personal name. But I had already like gotten my website, juliecortez.com. It's Cortez with an S at the end, if you're looking that up, if you're listening. Um, but uh, I had already gotten that. And, I, and you know, I didn't create the freelance exchange for my benefit. It was for our benefit. It was for the collective, you know, benefit of the community, quite honestly. And then just over time, you know, yeah, all of these opportunities came my way to, to be interviewed, you know, because apparently when you're the founder of an organization, that makes you the go-to expert or authority on, on the subject matter. Um, so yeah, all these opportunities came my way. I started speaking at the local colleges and then it dawned on me and I was like, dang, this really needs to be taught in school. I, you know, yeah. I'm just doing a one hour presentation here and this could be an entire semester, if not more, full of content. And uh, long story short, I ended up getting picked up uh, by the Kansas City Art Institute, which is such a trip. Because if you had asked me 10, 20, even 30 years ago, hey, Julie, do you ever think you'd be a college professor teaching a business class at an art school? I would have told you you were freaking nuts. Like, no way, right? <laughs> um, but I love it. I love it. I'm starting my fifth year uh, now uh, with, with my Freelancing 101 class. And it's just, that's been a blast. And then by default, you know, um, telling my friends in, in the industry that I was doing this, so many of my fellow freelancers were like, oh, Julie, that sounds amazing. I should come sit in on your class. And I'm like, sit in well not necessarily but you can enroll go back to school pay for it right and nobody wants to do that at this stage so i was like hey cortez mm. like bold moment right you know why don't you open up a coaching arm to your business so you can offer those same lessons but just to your professional peers awesome so i did that and then of course more speaking engagements came my way too so um not just on the local level but regional national and then i uh, even just had my first international speaking gig uh, last fall, well, we were still in the pandemic, so it was all online, unfortunately, but it still counts. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it still counts. But long story short, so there really was just so much more to the Julie Cortez brand than copywriting. I'm doing so many more, so many other things that I had to rebrand. It was no longer Julie Cortez copywriter. Now it's Julie Cortez freelance rockstar. And, and everything that I do, every arm of my business has something to do with freelancing. So um, it just kind of made sense and it fit in with my style. So I was like, yep, let's go for it. You know, <laughs> so I did. That's, that's fantastic. Well, I, I love that because, you, you know, you've, you've innovated and you've innovated based on yourself and your experiences so well. And uh, but again, I know you still are a copywriter. You still do copywriting work. There's still some bread and butter to be made there. And, and that's good. So you're still available for that kind of thing. Well, let, since most of the people who listen to the show are already established, probably working at a firm or an agency or own a business. I'd love it if we could just talk for a little bit, a few tips you would give business owners or people who maybe they're on PR staff somewhere and they might wanna bring in a freelancer to help. Are there some tips you can give them on how to get the most out of a freelancer while also respecting uh, their professional boundaries? Sure, I, I think, you know, for a lot of these situations that we run into, it's it's agencies or business owners aren't necessarily familiar with how it works, right? So there is a learning curve. And I would hope that the business owner, creative director, whoever is doing the hiring um, would be humble enough to know that, <laughs> that they don't know it all. Um, so 
number one is finding a freelancer, right? Where do you find a freelancer? Of course, you can go onto some of these, we won't name them platforms that completely devalue the profession. And, you know, really just it's that work goes to the lowest bidder. And I don't, I don't want to compete with somebody who's charging eight bucks an hour, nor should I have to, you know, I can't afford to live on that. And, and it just completely devalues the profession. So you could do that. You could go through the freelance exchange of Kansas City if you're local. Um, you know, there are plenty of other opportunities, but I will say, don't just, you know, go to social media and ask your friends for a recommendation because their style is going to be very different from your style. And you want somebody who's going to fit exactly what it is you need. Just because your best friend recommends somebody, it doesn't mean they're right for the job. So do your research on these freelancers, go and look at their websites, their LinkedIn profiles, look at their portfolios. If it's a creative person, you know, look and see if they've got any referrals or testimonials that you can view. And last but not least, please, please, please interview them. Have a face-to-face -face conversation or at least over the phone. Now everybody's uh, familiar with Zoom conferencing now. So there's no reason why you couldn't do a video interview, but interview them because personality is so much, you have to make sure that you jive with the other person and you can't just hire them because you think that their work is going to be the best. You want to have the best working experience um, going forward. So that would be my first tip. Uh, beyond that, I would be saying that, you know, just go and learn what it is that you don't know, you know, learn what industry standards are when it comes to freelancing, learn that, um, you know, oftentimes um, freelancers will come to you with, um, uh, they'll give you an estimate, you'll sign the estimate, you'll, they'll ask for a deposit, you pay the deposit, they'll ask you to sign a contract or a working ag agreement. And if that is within your company's policies, yes, you sign that as well. But sometimes we see, especially with ad agencies, you know, they have, they have their own contracts, that's fine. But they have lines in there that will say something like, oh, we're not going to pay you until we get paid by our clients. And it's like, what? <laughs> You don't make the rules on what my billing practices are. And what happens if you don't get paid for, ever, you know, from your client? Does that mean I don't ever get paid? Or if they don't pay for six months, then I have to wait seven months, you know? Like, it's just, that's not cool. So I, I guess just, you know, really get up to speed on what industry, industry standards are, what best practices are. You know, if you have any questions, I know somebody who can help you. I'm raising my hand for those who are just listening. <laughs> Um, but really, you know, do what you can to to educate yourself and make sure that that you do your research, you you know, uh, you know, where to find the best person, what what questions to ask to make sure they're going to be the right partner for you. And then learn what industry standards and best practices are. So you are not blindsided. So you're prepared to go into things. And um, by all means, just please respect your vendors, you know, at the end of the day. Well, you take care of them, they'll take care of you, right? I mean, it's yeah. that simple. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did see one, uh, I didn't bid on it. It was a proposal um, and it was like, we're a startup, we don't really have any money, but we'll give you equity in the company. And I'm all like, I can't eat equity in your company. You know, and I may be looking at the next Google and don't know it and I don't care. You know why? I don't have 20 years to wait for you to be the next Google, you know, whatever. So I, I get that too. And I, I think that's, I think it's, it's vaguely insulting. Let me ask you something about the freelance market, though. You've touched on it a little bit, and I'd love your your thoughts here. And and uh, this is by no means disrespectful. I just just being of international. I just did a conference uh, over Zoom for India. There is a lot of freelance stuff coming in from India. A lot of come ons. I don't know about you, but I get 
I get comments for content creation, apps, uh, website, all this stuff from India. And I've actually worked with a couple of vendors who were superb and their, their price points way lower. But um, I'm just wondering, is there is this having a, 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 a maybe a wage deadening effect yet that you've seen for, for your work or for others in the freelance sphere? Um, that's an excellent question. You know, I feel like you know, the people who really buy into those platforms, you know, they, they're all price conscious. And I can't knock that. I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, you get what you pay for. Right? It, it is what it is. It really is. So like, for example, I have a, a freelance friend who has worked with people over in India as well. They're fantastic. They're super, super cheap. And lo and behold, they ended up messing up different parts of her project. So you know, is it because English is a second language? Is there, you know, some sort of misunderstandings? Is it because we don't have that direct face-to-face um, -face time? I'm not sure what it is, um, but yeah, I, you know, I have people coming to me, ask me my rates, and then they're just like, what? You know, and of course, the more senior level you get, the higher your rates are, you know? Well, why would I pay for that when I can, you know, go to Fiverr, or I can get somebody right out of school for, you know, X amount of money, which is so much less, and I'm going to get the same thing. Well, honey, you're not going to get the same thing. <laughs> it's not even close to the same thing. You know, I've got more experience. Uh, my results are going to be better. And quite honestly, I'll probably get done quicker than this other person who's, who's less experienced. So, you know, it's kind of a struggle right now um, because I don't want to downplay the people overseas. I'm sure they are working hard and they're doing the best that they can. And, uh, you know, in some areas, just cost of living isn't nearly as much as it is here in the States. So, um, you know, maybe eight bucks an hour to them is, is fantastic. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to knock that. But at the end of the day, to me, it's all about quality and it's all about results. And so that's what I strive to, you know, really put more emphasis on. Well, Julie, I had to have some work done on my website. Some It's a WordPress site. And anyway, every time WordPress updated, the site just looked like, you know, hammered, you know what. So I just... It was funny. Out of the blue, I got one of these emails, and I just thought, oh, I'm curious because you know, you know me. I'm very curious. I'll try anything once. That kind of guy on everything, you know. And uh, I got in touch with him, and I had a call with uh, the developer and his his business de development person. They answered all the questions. I had kind of a friend who does this, but wasn't going to do my site. But she said, "Here's a list of questions. Here's some terms. And if they look perplexed or don't know what they're talking about, here, run, you know." And I was like, "Okay." So I did that. Uh, they, they passed, they did great. And I said, okay, this sounds great. So can we sign you today? I was like, you absolutely can't after you give me three American clients you've had and I want their contact information. I want to be able to call them. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. We'll get that to you. They sent me three. I called three, all three raved about them and said, by the way, you're very smart to ask. And then they also, one of them was said, they're great, but I'm going to tell you right now, if they tell you two weeks, they mean four, just be ready for that. And I was like, oh, but for the money I paid. And the way the work turned out, I built that in for me. But I'm just, I'm just trying to illustrate that if you're going to do that, great. But really, really be careful too, you know. And I also made sure they couldn't, you know, get into my site. All they could do is just transfer the site over to their platform. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't like go picking around on my site. I would do that to an American company, though. I would do that to any company messing with my website. That's my bread and butter. So, so there is that, and I, and I appreciate that thought um, because. There's that saying, right, though, about, you know, about our rates. I got this the other day. Now, I got hired. I'm doing, I'm doing a little more. I'm crowding your space again. Here I go. I, uh, I'm doing a little more content writing right now because just the way this shook up with COVID, there's less PR work for me, at least right now. And uh, one of my clients said uh, the other day, 
you're really expensive. Mm. And I said, yeah. And, and then I just looked at her on the zoom, just like I'm looking at you right now. And then she said, and you're also very good and I'm going to keep you, but man, that writing that checks hard. I said, but are you pleased with the results? She goes, yes, but I don't mind. She can gripe all she wants. Just, just as long as the check clears. Right. 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 Hey, at least you kept the job. That's fantastic. You know, <laughs> I'm not cutting my prices for anybody. I'm just not, I, I, I mean, I'll, I might cut for bulk or, you know, like a big, you know, long-term deal, you know, you, you, there's a little room. And I guess that's the question to ask you. Is that, a, is that's not smart? Let's say they said, look, we're going to give you six months guaranteed at your rate. If you'll trim 5% off, would you do that? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think that's almost expected quite honestly. Uh, but you have to be really careful with, with stuff like that. I'll tell you, you know, uh, many years ago, I used to get a lot of those prospects coming in the door saying, Hey, Julie, we have so much work to do. We want to hire you um, as a contractor and uh, we're going to give you 30 hours a week for three weeks. Um, but if we do that, we're going to cut your rate. You know, is it okay if we come down by a third or whatever it was? And I was like, well, it's guaranteed. That's great. Okay, sure. Let's get that in writing. They refused to sign the contract. And I'm like, hmm. And so I came back and I was like, okay, listen, here's how it's going to go. Because more often than not, they don't have 30 hours worth of work for me. Maybe it's just because I'm super fast. I don't know. Um, but it, it wasn't adding up to that. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to build into my contract that if, uh, if I don't get anywhere close to 30 um, hours that week, I'm going to charge my regular hourly rate. You know, if I only have like 10 hours that week, they didn't like that. They didn't like that. <laughs> But, I, but I'm like, okay, is that because you know you're BSing me just to get us a cheaper rate, you know? Um, so you really have to go in careful with those things. Make sure you have everything in writing and make sure you have some sort of internal business policy, you know, that says, yes, I'm happy to discount my rate if I can make sure that those hours are guaranteed. And if not, here's what's going to happen. You know, you've got to cover yourself. Because people forget, I think on the other side too, um, there's an opportunity cost. If you if they said, Julie, you got 30 hours with us for the next three weeks, you're declining other offers to work because you can't, how many hours are in the day for you? I don't know about you. There's 24. You know how many out of the 24 that I'm good to write and write well, four to six, maybe. And the rest of the day is administrative stuff, making calls, doing all the other things to do to run my business. So if all of a sudden I'm supposed to be working, you know, eight or 10 hours a day for a client and it's not there and I've turned down other work, you're taking food out of my mouth if you do that. Exactly. But I don't think they think of it that way. And that's one reason I'm glad you're on the show. I love, see, that's why I ask about the, the kind of the horror stories or the misconceptions, because those things, that's what sticks with people. And sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm wary of asking guests that because I don't want to seem like we're just having a, you know, a gripe fest, but those are the sticky things, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, you know, I've had agencies have me come on site and, you know, again, they asked me to cut my rate, but Hey, Julie, you're going to be on site for two weeks straight, 40 hours a week. You know, will you discount your rate? Sure. And I get in there, they don't have 40 hours a week for me to do. They maybe have 15, 20 hours a week for me to do, but they still want me on site, you know, in case something should come up. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm happy to sit here and look pretty, but in the meantime, I'm bored. Right. So I learned, and now I bring my own laptop if, and when that happens and, and I work on other stuff. <laughs> You know, so I'm double billing. So, oh, I was going to say, but you're still charging them for every hour you're sitting there, right? Okay. Because they want me there, so. Oh, oh, I am so glad I'm talking to you right now because, okay, here's something else I'm doing. Tell me I'm crazy. I charge for meetings. I charge for meetings. 
Well, that sounds perfectly normal to us, doesn't it? Yeah. But to I've had I had one person I bid on. I said, well, I, I charge this much for this, this, and and of course every meeting, well meetings. No, I'm like, no, that's work. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's so funny. It's so I think funny. My time is my time. And that doesn't matter if we're on the phone, if I'm composing an email to you, if, if we're in a meeting, all of that is billable hours. Now, the only time I won't charge for a meeting would be like an initial discovery meeting or if they're kind of interviewing yes. me to make sure I'm the right person, you know. But Absolutely. let's say we meet for coffee and it's an hour long meeting and the first half is they're interviewing me and then they decide, yes, I want to hire you. Great. Let's go. And then we get started. And that last half hour is all, you know, me taking notes and learning more about the project i charge for that last half hour so well you know i do something too i i don't know i don't know and i'm, I'm curious to see if you and you you don't have to say of course if it's something that's proprietary but i i use harvest just to make sure i'm tracking every minute of what i'm doing for every client and uh i saw it i think there was an eyebrow raise when i charged like a, a minute or two for for responding to an email but i had to stop and go look at the email formulate an answer so i but it's just my habit as soon as i go i turn it on right but one thing i do do in that regard, though, I think is beneficial to me and the, the clients like is like, I, again, Julie, you know me kind of well, I'm, I'm fairly Gabby, right? I mean, you know, yak, 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 right? Well, Chris, you, you and I both, we love to chat, we love to talk. I realize too, that sometimes the client will book like a, a, a 30 minute meeting. And we're, and if I just start gabbing, they start gabbing, it's not really work. So I'll lop off a few minutes just to be good faith because, you know, you know, uh, and I, one of them mentioned that to me, I said, well, you didn't, you don't pay me to talk about the weather and you know, what a headache I have or whatever. So I, I lop that part off. I, I think that's a good faith thing to do. Sure. Yeah. I think that's fine. Um, but again, you got to be careful with stuff like that. Like, Hmm. Um, there was a gal who called me and we started talking about work. I thought we were going to be talking about work the entire time. And I had set aside that time to talk about work. And then she starts telling me about how she just broke up with her boyfriend and it was basically a sob fest. And I'm like, well, I have other work to do. So <laughs> I, I ended up billing for that hour. Now I don't itemize my invoices. And I will tell you in, you know, 20 plus years of freelancing, I've only had one client come back and ask me to itemize an invoice. That's it. Wow. Everybody else just takes my word for it and which is great. And, you know, and I'm honest, but, you know, at the same point in time, I've learned over the years that clients really don't care about an hourly rate. What they care about is the end all be all price. Right. And so that's True. how I do my estimates. I end up doing a project estimate for people. Um, and that also helps, you know, them not compare me apples to oranges, right. To somebody right out of school. Well, why should we pay you your rate when we can get this for $25 an hour? Oh, okay. I can't compete with that again. Um, but I think that helps. And so I just lump everything into one rate and I'll put on my estimate. I'll say, you know, here's what this estimate includes, meetings, whatever, you know, writing, concepting, uh, revisions, but then come time for the invoice. No, I just list what the project was. Here's the, here's how much you owe me. Boom. Done. Okay. You can see the, the wheels turning, right? Um, well, let me ask you this. Okay. There's no real reason in the world I can't still track extremely detailed stuff. Obviously I will, but just you're saying, Alex, they don't need three pages of this. Just say, here's what I did in general. Yeah. And then I could put something on there. It's like, if you would like a detailed readout of what I did, sure. let me know. Absolutely. I think that's, a, I think you're, I, I think you're wise. I know you're wise about this. That's a great point. Yeah, because uh, I, I, it became evident to me last time I got an invoice out. There's like three pages to the invoice of just stuff I did. And th they don't need that, right? They don't want to deal with that. I think maybe the reason I might've done it was it was a brand new client. I just wanted to show them that you know every minute is accounted for but 
maybe going forward, I don't have to do that. Thank you for that tip, by the way. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many things that go into our process behind the scenes. So there is some education there. And that's why I like to put it in the estimate. It's not just writing a blog post for you, but I'm also going to your meetings. I'm doing my research. I'm putting together a creative brief. Um, I'm interviewing so-and-so, you know, um, and then I'm writing, I'm concepting, I'm revising, editing, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then when you come back with your revisions, like, I don't think they understand the whole process. Like some of my designer friends, they're like, you know, putting together a logo is not just drawing a pretty picture, you know, <laughs> by hand and you're done. You know, there's a lot of psychology that goes into it. There's color theory, you know, there's so many drafts and, and you know, and I got to show you different concepts, you know, up front. So I think that's something that we have to put on ourselves as freelancers, that there is that educational curve. But that's why I also like, you know, definitely putting that in the estimate ahead of time to show them here's everything that goes into it. And you can have that in your first meeting too. You can verbally tell them as well. Uh, but I just, I don't put it on my invoice. So, and I haven't had any problems. Like I said, there's only been that one time and that's it. I think that's pretty good. Out of all, you know, as many yeah, I think so too. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think maybe that might've been just my own um, uh, OCD about trying to just make sure they understood that I was really, you know, your first, you had a brand new client, you want to make sure they get it. So I, I like that, but sometimes there's also the, the good point of like, you know, you don't have to overshare all the time, you know, you know, seriously. Unless you're at happy hour, which then we overshare. That's what happens. That's what happens. Okay, as we wrap this thing up, and we just touched on everything, didn't we? Just touched on all the basics. I'll, I'll have to have you back if you ever feel like coming back this way. But I, I want to ask you about something. If they want to get coached by you, or they want to book you to speak, um, or hear some training, or here, this is wild and crazy, maybe be a copywriter for them if, if they're a company. I mean, actually being part of the freelance rock star movement here. Where do they need to go and what's what's available to them when they get there? Sure. Well, if you go to my website, again, it's juliecortez.com, Cortez with an S at the end. And uh, yeah, you can find out all the information about uh, my coaching and speaking. There's all sorts of stuff there. Um, you can join. Uh, we have a group on Facebook called Freelance Rockstars. If you are self-employed in the advertising marketing community, I welcome you to come join us. We have a lot of fun in there. I share a lot of free tips and tricks. Um, and it's just all good for education, community, and support. Oh, and some, we have uh, freelance job postings, too. So, yeah, if you have any questions, you can follow me also on social media at KC Copy Diva. I'm on uh, the big ones, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I do have a YouTube page, but it's not branded at Casey Copy Diva just yet. That's coming. I need 100 followers so on my new YouTube uh. channel. So. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Right now, is there a, there's a free PDF available? Did you mention that? Or? Yes. Thank you for reminding me. So on the homepage or even on the contact page, if you scroll to the bottom, um, yeah, if you would like a free PDF, I'd love to give it to you. It's called How to Rock Your Solo Business. It's seven steps, really quick and easy. Just fill out the little form and boop, you can download it right away. I'd love for you all to have it. Guys, uh, if you're, if you're, okay, again, if you're a freelancer or you're, you're toying with that idea, you need if you don't know Julie you need to get to know Julie you need to get part of the freelance exchange you need to you need to get her her PDF get her book get all that stuff because you're going to you're going to get total wonderful value out of it and the other thing i know about julie is a friend she cares about people and particularly cares about people in this business and wants to make sure wants to make sure you don't get taken advantage of and then on the other side of it employers she wants to help you be a rock star employer to freelance rock stars like her. She wants to make sure you're not going to do the stuff that's going to tick off people and all that. You know, the good ones like Julie, 
you get a couple of strikes with them and they're out of there. I'm telling you, I, I know her. She's, she's not going to put up with any guff. So I'm just kidding, but well, mostly. So I think it's great. And I think you need to visit all the websites uh, and all the links, which will be in our show notes at PRAfterHours.com. Julie Cortez, thank you so much for visiting us here in the virtual lounge. It's been too long. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Oh, you know what that means? Looks like it's last call here at your virtual lounge for PR news views and interviews. Don't forget, you can ask me a question anytime. You can do it through our Twitter account, which is at ours PR. Or even better, you can send me a message vocally. I would love to hear your voice and I'll answer it on the show. There's a link in the show notes. All you have to do is sign up through Anchor FM. It's free, doesn't take long and you record your message, I get the message, I will play your audio, just give me your first name and the city you live in, and then I will answer the question to the best of my ability right here on the show. Don't forget to, if you're enjoying this podcast, you can support it and help increase the frequency and value of the show. Just consider being a sponsor for your brand or your agency or just yourself because you're like, I like this show. Or just drop a few coins in the virtual tip jar. Either way, there's links in the show notes. Please check that out. All of that, of course, being in the show notes where you're listening right now or at PRAfterHours.com. I see that they're turning up the lights. Last call is over, and I've got to clean up this virtual lounge. And Until next time, I'm Alex Greenwood, and you've been listening to PR After Hours on Anchor FM. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. But have you been there, done that, and got the t-shirt? Now's your chance. If you are a big fan of the Virtual Lounge right here at PR After Hours, why don't you tell the world and take our spiffy logo and plaster it across your chest for the whole world to see? Well, for the whole world to see on Zoom or or whenever you do finally get out of your house. The PR After Hours tee shows that you're an exclusive member of the Virtual Lounge. It's a cool, comfortable, ring-spun, uh, soft cotton tee. Um, we look for the best possible options we could go for in these t-shirts, and it's in a variety of colors. You can get them in dark heather gray, royal blue, storm, maroon or good old-fashioned white these are really comfortable shirts we offer a premium unisex tee from extra small all the way to 4xl and a women's slim fit tee which goes from small to 2xl they are a hoot they look cool and besides they'll they'll do what we love to do most here at pr after hours start a conversation the pr after hours t-shirt is available now on bonfire the link is in the show notes and I hope you'll look into getting one. I not only think they look cool and be great conversation starters, but they'll help us keep the virtual lounge doors open. Thanks so much.